When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today on Barca Talk, Leganes took an early lead on FC Barcelona, but Luis Suarez and Arturo Vidal scored to keep Barca on top of the league table. In the Champions League, Borussia Dortmund are one point behind Barcelona in Group F, and they're coming to the camp new on Wednesday to try to claim the top of the group. Hi, this is Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm your host, Brian Henderson in Buffalo, New York. And joining me from Madrid is your my co-host and your tactical analyst, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. How you doing, buddy? Pre-Thanksgiving, pre-Thanksgiving show. Uh, yes, this is the pre-Thanksgiving show. I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving because we're hosting it at our home, as we often do, because since Megan and I are both from California, we often go back for Christmas, which means we stay here for Thanksgiving. So I think every year we've been here, we've hosted Thanksgiving in Buffalo. Sometimes my buddy Dave from New York will come up, from New York City, will come up and visit for the weekend. And we'll have some local friends around, you know, other displaced people. So that's what we're doing this year. But uh, I've done turkey a number of times, and it's just a lot. Yes. It's a lot of meat, man. I'm going to say something kind of controversial. I think it's a little overrated to have turkey. Oh! Yeah. I mean, I love everything else, you know, about <laughs> Thanksgiving meal, you know, the stuffing or dressing, all the sides. But you substitute chicken for turkey, I'm okay with that, you know? Like, sure. I, I want all the other stuff. Yeah. Most people I talk to agree that it's all about the sides. Yeah. I mean, some I, people really love turkey, but I think if you cook it enough, you value that it's overrated because I've cooked it <laughs> enough and it's just such hard work for what you get out of it. I think I just prefer cooking really good sides. Uh, last couple uh, years here in Madrid, I've just gotten turkey breasts and just cooked it that way. It's just much easier because cooking a whole bird takes a long time. You gotta, yep. you gotta maintain it. You gotta baste it. You gotta prep it before. It's just, ugh. I'd rather just have really great sides. That's that's just yeah. my point of view. Yeah. Plus, a lot of our guests are not meat eaters, so even a small turkey is a lot of meat. And with not very many meat eaters, I can't justify the hassle of making a turkey. Sure. So, what do you think of substituting turkey with paella? Nice. I like it. Paella is like one of the great foods to cook while you drink yeah <laughs> yeah i went shop i did a massive shopping trip yesterday and i hate going to the supermarket yeah and it was it was my nightmare because it was <laughs> saturday everyone's stocking up for thanksgiving Obviously, it was yeah. crowded i was in there for an hour or more and i just <laughs> <laughs> but i did it and megan is sick right now so i let her just stay home and i did it all myself good and i would love a pat on the back and a cookie please here's a high five for you <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, so we're making paella. We're doing. We're going to do a veggie paella and a pork paella, and we're making all of our stock, our veg- vegetable stock and chicken stock from scratch. So I still had to buy a bird, but just a small chicken, so that gotcha. we can make our own chicken stock. Yeah, well, I'm, it's going to be delicious. I'm sure it will be. I mean, I like paella here in Spain. You know, it's like one of those things. It's almost like a barbecue style. Everyone has the big plate, and they just cook it slow. You barely have to do anything. You just have to add the the caldo, as they say, or the stock, and then you just kind of hang around it, and you drink wine and talk. It's like <laughs> it's, it's yeah. really awesome. <laughs> yeah, as we speak, the cava is chilling in the fridge. Ooh, nice, nice. So nice. we're we are ready. Nice. You're doing Thanksgiving on the weekend because you're in Spain. Yeah, it's just a Thursday for us. And I've tried to have Thanksgiving on Thursdays, and it's just too difficult with work and people. This is not as fun. So we're doing it on Saturday night. And this time we're actually doing it at a restaurant to have more people because the last couple of times I've had it at a friend's house and it's been really great, but it's limited with space. And just like you said, every one of my friends basically are displaced here and they want to participate in Thanksgiving. So we are going to a restaurant. We have about 20 of us going. So it should be pretty fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. So speaking of Thanksgiving, that brings me to a, a programming update we will not have an episode this Friday. It is going to be a big week for Barcelona. We're playing Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday. We could clinch the Champions League group, but we will not be doing any episode for this Friday because I'm going to be super busy entertaining my friends and hosting my friends for Thanksgiving and for the whole weekend. But so anyway, no episode uh, this Friday. Just too much Thanksgiving stuff going on for me. Second thing, we're launching a new funding effort through Patreon today. There's a new welcome video aimed at any listeners who are not yet members that lays out our vision and goals for membership. But the bullet points are we have a total membership potential of $21,500 a month. Right now, we're bringing in only 1% of that. And if we can reach half of that for the next six months, we will be fully funded for the next year. That will include several improvements to the show, including the ability for us to pay ourselves. Gabriel and I have never once paid ourselves for this podcast. Part of doing that is we have two new membership tiers, $2 a month and $8 a month for listeners of every budget, and we still have the $5 a month tier. So there's a lot more in the welcome video. I I lay out everything. It's a very transparent video where I'm trying to give you all lay of the land, let you know where we're at, what our goals are. So there's a link to our Patreon page in the notes for this episode. So go check out the video or just become a member that's a it's a big new effort we're launching today and you'll be hearing much more about that in the coming weeks so anyway gabriel what is happening in madrid yeah i mean the only two things really happening in madrid right now is the davis cup obviously with our boy pk running that show we'll talk more about that in the match review and the second thing is just real madrid real madrid has been kind of putting it together faster than we are. And last night they had a an impressive victory. I mean, they didn't play their best, but they beat a Sociedad team that was up and coming and they looked really spry. And again, Madrid is kind of putting together. And I think the big keys for me last night was Hazard is starting to look more like Hazard of Chelsea. I don't know if it's just he's becoming more comfortable in this scheme, but he's definitely taking on one we won better than he used to. And the other thing too is they are just more solid in midfield. They have instituted Valverde, a younger midfielder, and he's been able to roam 
quite nicely to give Modric support. So those two kind of changes have added to the, you know, the scoring output that Madrid has been doing. They're still not the best on defense because, for example, Ramos had this amazing back pass last night that led directly to a goal. So they still have, <laughs> they still have flaws. But if we're just looking at the last three matches, last four matches, Madrid is definitely trending up, whereas we're kind of trending down. So that's kind of the big news here. Uh, just an impressive victory last night at the Bernabeu against Sociedad last night. So, yeah, they're creeping up on us. And even though we we are on top of them in the table, we have the same exact number of points. It's just divvied up in a different way. So they could be overtaking us if they keep trending up. And if even if we stagnate, which is entirely possible, sure, they could just overtake us. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's basically what's happening and atletico tied last night against granada and so they're still doing atletico things <laughs> and, but granada though yeah that's the other hand, thing hand it to them yeah but the other thing too is like they there was a var controversy in the atletico game and so that's kind of what led to it but you know we are top of the table but you know if we're playing head-to-head against madrid i would probably lean towards madrid performing better than us and i kind of know what to expect from their side as opposed to our side. Our side has just been completely unpredictable, and especially with our road woes as they continue, we yeah. just are completely unpredictable what's going to be happening. Yeah, well, we'll definitely get into that. You know, anyone who thought that VAR would eliminate controversies was kidding themselves, right? For sure, for sure. It I mean, just introduced a new kind of controversy. Exactly. I mean, La Liga has done really well this year compared to like last year. They've really kind of cemented down when it is. And there's still a couple instances where the VAR controversy comes, but it's very few this year as, comp- as compared to the Premier League this year has just instituted for the first time. So they are trying to work out their kinks. But since we've had it for at least two years, it's in a better direction, right? And it's, it's getting better. But like you said, there's still it's just a different type of controversy. Yeah, there will always be something. All right, so today on the show, we're breaking down the win in Madrid over Leganes and scouting Borussia Dortmund for the next round of Champions League. Diving into La Liga, picking up after an international break, Barca went to the Madrid suburbs to face last place Leganes in the Butarque. It ended a 2-1 win in Barca's favor, but the potential result looked dreary for about 40 minutes Leganes scoring early and holding the lead for the remainder of the first half and into the second. But first an equalizer from Luis Suarez and then the go-ahead goal from Arturo Vidal won three points in this game that overall was hard to watch for Akule. I mean, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. (laughs) I mean, you know, sometimes, Brian, when I listen to other podcasts, not ours, but other podcasts, I usually I sometimes put on 1.3 speed. I wished I could have put 1.3 speed in this game just to make it faster, get through the end, you know, because I texted you yesterday. I was like, did you watch this game? You're like, not yet. And I was like, it's brutal. And you're like, oh, God. (laughs) Right. And it's the same thing. I told you we we highlighted the specific things that we knew were going to happen again. The one o'clock kickoff start cold and we just looked lackadaisical everywhere. And especially our president, PK, I mean. We talked about the Copa Davis that he's been doing back and forth going Barcelona-Madrid and just being at that event and 
he even said at the press conference before the match, I believe, he said if he makes any mistakes, people are going to criticize because it's the Davis Cup issue and stuff. But how bad did he play last night? I mean, we we're going to talk about other things, but not well, man, not well. And it was <laughs> overall now, Brian, it's just so difficult to watch. It's just you. there's no excitement. There's no there's no passion, you know, for attacking football that we once had. Yeah. And again, for me, that do- that still comes back to Valverde. I do think that there's something about the age of the squad. Because we got young players like Frankie de Jong runs his butt off. Yeah, for sure. Griezmann runs hard. And with those two youngsters on the wings in that particular game, Wage and Firpo, they were running. But there's something about the tactical strategy that essentially encourages stagnation. Just get to the defensive line and post up and wait for a ball versus movement and dynamism. I mean, just think about how many side passes we did. You know, before, Brian, when we were playing in our heyday with the side passing, one of the things was possession, of course. But that possession led to attacking. But also it kept the ball away from the opponent. But now our side passing does none of those things. Right. I mean, we are leading in possession still. But how many times did Leganes have a counter? How many times did it lead to attacking plays? Barely. We never throw the ball up on crosses on in the air. I'm not, you know, on the ground, we're always trying to go through the center. But again, it's just, like you said, lack of dynamic attacking play. And it just looked like we had just woken up and we just met each other Yeah. for the first time, you know? <laughs> it's like, hello, I'm Griezmann. Hello, I'm Suarez. It's like, we never, I don't know what you like and what I like, you know? It's like, it totally looked like it was the first time they were playing together. Right. Well, that could be explained with the new formation or a change in formation that we'll get to in just a second. But there are two stats worth mentioning from this game or not just from this game, but over the last few games. The winning goal scorer, Arturo Vidal, uh, he's scored four goals in nine games. Yes, he scored four goals and the goals have been most of most of them have been game winners, which has been great. But call me, you know, pretentious, call me elitist about this with football. But you know, if I wanted to watch this style, I would watch Premier League, and I don't. I like to see tactical, technical ability and the ability of Messi directing, attacking, and we're just lacking that. And the fact that Vidal is Valverde's life preserver and continues to be is just mind-blowing to me. And that is not allowing our boy Elena to play because he continues to use Vidal. Exactly. Uh, now, also, another interesting stat is that six of Barca's last seven goals have all been from dead ball situations which is insane because that never would have happened you know usually that's mixed in a little bit but that just tells you everything you need to know about our dynamic or lack of uh, attacking play that we are just not finding the forwards we're not taking shots from outside we're not doing anything we're just always trying to go down the corner pass to the center give it to Messi, and have Messi shoot as we, as I mentioned, there was a change in formation in this match. And you finally got your wish. Valverde played a 4-2-3-1. Busquets and De Jong in the double pivot. Messi in the center attacking mid position. Dembele and Griezmann on the wings. And Suarez in the number nine spot. And it was a first for the season. I got my wish, but Griezmann is not playing a left wing. He's not a wing player. And yes, the formation led to, on paper, it should have done a better job. Especially with Messi guiding the attack. But again... Suarez is just slow and he's not doing anything up there to leverage, you know, any type of speed or any physicality like he used to on those center backs. And if you don't have that, the defense can crowd Messi. And that's what they did. And what we had to do, we had to pass from side to side. We never went through the middle or we never took any shots because 
Suarez doesn't break up that ice, essentially, in the middle. So it seemed to me that the formation or changing the formation was a good idea in theory, and you mentioned that it seemed like they had all just met each other for the first time. And I think that it's partially because fewer people knew exactly what their role was in this new formation. So it's expectable that they won't have it all worked out the first time. And it is a good idea in theory because, I mean, you've been calling for it for I can't even remember how many months. (laughs) But was this the game to trot out this formation? We're coming back from international break. We have multiple defenders either suspended or not available through injury. Valverde is not a type of person that's putting people into successful positions, right? And so, like you just mentioned, coming off international break, you would think because of the time, okay, we can implement the 4-2-3-1, but we've never done it all season. And I don't understand since we are lacking on defense, just go with the 4-3-3, where at least we can kind of expect what the attackers are going to do, especially Suarez, Griezmann, and Messi up there. But like I said, if it was any other coach that's implementing this, they would have done it earlier in the season so that you're not just springing it at the end of November for the first time and hoping that it's going to result into four goals. And it's the same thing again. It's just planning without any back planning, you know, like any prep. It's just kind of we're all we're going to do a four, two, three, one, November 23rd. Let's see how it goes. First half <laughs> in Leganes away from, you know, where we have the worst road record since whatever, you know. Let's try it out. And, of course, it didn't work out. And I'm, I'm curious, Brian, if they would have continued throughout the whole match, if it would have yielded any better playing or any more goals. Because I think they would have eventually figured it out. But Valverde didn't waste any time at halftime to make any subs. Yeah, well, there were changes even in the first half. Like you mentioned, he started Griezmann on the left wing. And obviously, he's not a left wing player. But he had Griezmann on the left, Dembele on the right. But then they did switch sides at some point in the first half. Did that improve anything? No, no, <laughs> no, it didn't improve anything. I mean, you tried again, something at least they did try something. But again, it's just throwing stuff against the wall and just hoping it sticks. You know, this is this type of idea for me. I just want to see Griezmann playing the number nine. He is our most important player that we have to nurture for this season, because if he loses complete confidence, Brian, we could lose him. And it's an, another expensive transfer during this international break. He had a really good run. He scored some goals for France. So it's not that he can't find the back of the net. It's just he's not being put in the best position. You know, I got my wish of the 4-2-3-1, but it was like handcuffed severely, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a it was like a knockoff version of what you had wished for. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but again, it was also the first time that they had done it. And, it, you know, it'll take time for them to to work into the system, assuming that they ever do it again. But see, this is the thing. It's like, does he say now, oh, I tried the 4-2-3-1. It didn't work. It didn't do anything. I'm never going to use it again. And I can see Valverde doing that. I could see him doing that, even <laughs> though it would be fallacious. Correct. <laughs> it would be a logical fallacy. Uh, but speaking of some of the lineup, uh, Musawage got Yay. the call to play it right back. We talked in the scouting report on Friday about how even though he was Valverde's only real choice at right back with Semedo injured and Sergio Roberto suspended, there was still a chance that Valverde might not play Wage. But he did, and he played all 90 minutes. And it was a mixed performance, but it was no worse than Semedo's early appearances. For sure. Did you pop champagne when you saw the starting lineup? (laughs) (laughs) I was honestly surprised. Yeah. Happily surprised. I mean, we talked in the scouting report. If he wasn't going to play, then you could kind of see the writing on the wall that he may be getting transferred this January. But I'm happy that he got the start because I want to see some of these youngsters because they're going to interject that energy that we are lacking severely this season if anyone else is watching any other la liga games or premier league games you can see the difference of energy and running compared to our team and other teams and 
at least Wagner, like he wasn't brilliant and he wasn't awful either. He tried to do things, but again, he didn't have support on that right corner. Every time he would try to drive up there, what do you have to do? Pass it backwards because there was no support in the midfield and no support in in any of the corners. And again, I know that's kind of structurally with the four two three one. You hope that Dembele and him could eventually link and have a good partnership. Since they haven't played with each other, they didn't know what they were doing playing in this kind of, especially in this new formation and new players. So, you know, Wage, well, every time he tried to attack, he had to bring it back and do it. And But he didn't have any faults, and so that's good. So that'll help with his confidence going forward. Yeah, he didn't make any serious mistakes that gave up goals or anything. For sure. I mean, the, the biggest thing, you know, when you're that young and you're getting a chance is you just don't want to screw up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the, really the, the biggest thing. You just want to be able to say, okay... I can play with this talent at this level. It's not too fast. It's not too overwhelming. I can survive. I can do some plays. I can play within myself and just build from that, especially when you're that young, right? Getting that kind of vote of confidence from your manager. I believe that's what he did. And so I hope, you know, especially with the Borussia game coming up this weekend with all our injuries and so forth, I he may get the call up again. Yeah. Javier Aguirre lined up Leganes in a 5-4-1 in defense that transitioned very nicely into attack with numbers. And they scored that 12th minute goal from end the city. It was a great shot. I mean, it's unsavable. It's a really good take. You know, it's he's a professional footballer, so he's apt to do something like that. But again, I, I it was funny when I was watching the match. I'm like, of course, Legana scores the most brilliant goal of the guy's lifetime, you know, against Barca, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to go from a 5-4. I mean, that you got nine people in back. I and mean, all of a sudden, they would have three or four people in numbers going forward, which I thought was really impressive because not only, you know, for most of the match... They kept Barcelona at bay. You know, Barcelona only scored on set plays, you know, and they really throughout the, the game, Barcelona did not look like they were going to score an open play. So the tactical ability of Aguirre on this match was really impressive. And it, they almost they almost got the three points, you know, if it weren't for those set plays by Barcelona. Yeah. And before we get into those set plays uh, real quick, Busquets did pick up a fifth yellow card in this match. So he's going to miss the next match against Atletico. So do you think you're going to miss him? I don't think so. <laughs> and it, you know, it pains me to say that. I know, I know. You know, and that's the whole issue with a player like Busquets. You see that he's not what he once was, but he is still him. And if he's on the team, you want him to play, but you want him, you know, you want him to play like he played five years ago or something. It's crazy because every week I feel like he is falling faster and faster off the cliff. For example, if we look at his September performance, we're kind of like, okay, maybe five minutes here in the game, and now it's like. 15 minutes where he's bad or invisible, uh, not making the right plays, making too many fouls because he's being caught off by himself. I mean, when was the last time we, he's had so many yellow cards? I can't remember a season where he's had so many yellow cards amounted because he was a smart player and he didn't have to go to ground so much because he could read the play in front of him. And now it seems as though everything is just passing him. And so the only way he can stay is to foul. And now that he's getting all these yellow cards, I don't know what the answer is, Brian, because like you said, it's you think of the Busquets of five years ago, how important he is into our midfield. But now transitioning now, it's I'd rather have Rakitic out there or Dijon back in his position because I know the legs is much younger and DeJong is much faster than Busquets. And since we don't have that tiki-taka passing, I'd rather have those guys playing now instead of Busquets. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Right. So we did win the game. 
<laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. So after the 12th minute goal, we got through the rest of the first half uh, without scoring, but without conceding. And then in the second half, in the 53rd minute that uh, Suarez scored on a free kick, Messi floats the ball into the box. There were three or four guys running onto it, but Suarez got clear of his marker and headed it down to beat Cuellar. It was a very good headed finish because the downward placement was the key. For sure. Again, it was a nice pass by Messi, obviously, just bypassing all the defenders. And, you know, that's a really difficult thing to do, Brian, just to bypass all those defenders and just meet your target's head. In this case, Suarez, you know, the run of play wasn't happening, but, you know, we still have one of the best dead ball hitters of all time placing it for us, which is Messi. And so really nice play. You know, and we got a goal off of that. But again, it's just kind of bittersweet because no change is going to happen, Brian, if we keep winning points. And this is where the <laughs> do I want them to lose? Do I want them to win? I can't stand this style of play. And the only way anything's going to be shook up is if we lose like four games in a row. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to pray for losing or this type of thing. But Valverde is not going to change anything. And in this after this match, Brian, he just basically said, yeah, it was a tough match, but we got the points and we won. Thanks. There Goodbye. you go. It's like, again, Brian, he makes 20 million a year, 20. (laughs) And all we're asking for is $64,000 in a year, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, he's like the top three coaches paid. I mean, he's on a honeymoon right now. You know, he doesn't really have to do anything, Brian. And we're still winning points because of just the talent we have. So again, what can you say about the set play? Which is a really nice set play. Part of me didn't want them to score. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've decided that I don't have to root against them. I just have faith that eventually it'll take care of itself. So I'm just going to continue rooting for them. But I see how things are going. I see the trends, you know, Uh, it's uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, But anyway, we did win. (laughs) Want to mention that again? We did win this game. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, with a goal from Vidal in the 79th minute for the win. On a corner kick, uh, Vidal put it in off a rebound from Ruben Pérez. And initially, the linesman called it offside because he was way in an offside position. Mm-hmm. But VAR did confirm that it came off Pérez, which means he was onside and the goal was good. Yeah, I initially thought it was off onside too, but uh, offside, sorry. And uh, after review, I still thought it was offside. <laughs> but yeah, they had to explain the rule again. And so Vidal coming in with these game-saving goals. As I was telling you in the headline of Mundo Deportivo, it said uh, Vidal, la salvavidas de Valverde. So basically the life preserver for Valverde. And exact, that's exactly what he is. And it's okay to have this type of player come in from time to time to inject a little what he does, right? Physicality. But him coming in every game for 30 minutes is driving me crazy, especially taking Griezmann off because Griezmann is younger. He's more important to the future of our club. And I want to see him succeed, especially since we paid over 100 mil for him. And Valverde just loves Vidal. He just loves him. He loves him. Well, he's his life preserver. He's his life preserver. Wouldn't you? you? (laughs) (laughs) And like we talked about the stat, you know, it's four goals in nine games. And that's crazy. If you would have told me three years ago. That Arturo Vidal was going to be super important to the 2019-20 season so far of scoring these game-winning goals. I said, you're crazy. But yeah. It's happening, Brian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Well, next up, the Champions League group stage continues. Will Barca fare better at home against the German side than they did in the scoreless draw on the road? This Wednesday, 27 November, 9 p.m. local time, Borussia Dortmund will visit the Camp Nou for match day five of the Champions League group stage. So let's start by scouting Borussia. They are having a tough season in the Bundesliga, sitting in sixth place right now. 
They gave up three goals last Friday to Paderborn, the last place team in Bundesliga. They scored three of their own, so they finished with a draw. But to give up three goals to the last place team, that can be demoralizing. Before the international break, they were embarrassed by Bayern Munich losing 4 nothing on the road in Allianz Arena. Like you said, Paderborn. Who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Born of the father. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was looking at this match review and just kind of watching them. You know, I love the way Borussia plays, not only because of, they have my favorite formation, but obviously before Christian Pulisic was playing there. So I had kind of a U.S. interest of trying to keep track with that team. But from what I've seen this season of, you know, why they haven't fared as well is just basically their lack of uh, defense and, and starting strong. So essentially in this match against Paderborn, it could have been 4 nothing. Like or five nothing because they were able to counter on them quite easily, uh, but obviously uh, Borussia was able to score three back, three unanswered. So they have obviously a lot of attacking prowess, but again, for me, it's their defense. They're just lacking that chemistry. They they just they're not linking up. They have humbles back there, but I think they depend on him to do everything, mm. and they're not working as a unit. Yeah. Well, and their squad is just about at full strength. Paco Alcacer uh, had to come off in their last match over the weekend, so he'll probably be out for this one. But otherwise, they're fully staffed. You know, as we talked about in the, the match at Leganes and so forth, for me watching this is their speed comes screaming off the video. Uh, just how fast they run to ball, how fast they do. What I want Barca to do, Dortmund does. They have a varied attack. They're shooting from outside the box. They do a lot of crosses from midfield into the box to try to get that chaos going. And they they run a really tight formation of the, the top three, attacking forwards and the point man. So they play that. That's in their DNA. So they you know, they got Marco Royce playmaking up the middle. You know, we can win. You know, we can, you know, if we're, if we're fired up. But... I have no faith that this is going to be a cakewalk by any means, and I think it's going to be something like a 3-3-2-2 type of game. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rails is not only running the attack and making assists, he's also their leading goal scorer with six. Alcacer is right behind him, but he'll be out of this match, and then after that, they got right wing Jadon Sancho with four goals so far this season. So like you mentioned, they have threats coming from all kinds of places, and Rouse seems to be the main man to watch. For sure. Uh, he's very impressive. His playmaking ability, his decision-making has always been impressive. The other thing too, Brian, German teams are always good in the air. So... For example, on corner kicks, they're going to have things designed. They're always much better at corner kicks. It's kind of something in their DNA. It's like the two things, penalty kicks and corner kicks are always really uh, on the edge there for, for German teams. So that's another thing we have to look out for because our defense on corner kicks is average at best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's for sure is that they will play a 4-2-3-1. Because their manager, Lucien Favre, has played nothing but 4-2-3-1 this season. He is a... He's a true believer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's a true believer. He's one of the, the disciples. How about that? Yeah. One he is a disciple of the 4-2-3-1. Now in world football, Brian, you just have to be able to adapt and have two or three different systems. You, the, the days of just having one system are long gone. I mean, you see it in Manchester City, uh, Liverpool a little bit when they have people out. You You have to be able to adapt... I love the 4-2-3-1 just because of the balance, but to only play that formation, that's not a good thing either. But their 4-2-3-1, I have more faith than our 4-3-3 because their front four know how to play. And again, like I told you, you're going to see how many crosses are going to come in. 
And we are going to be scrounging. And especially if PK is not focused and TT lets one down, they got four people there to mop up and try to score a goal. Well, I have news for you about PK. Okay, tell me let me, let me oh, put right. you at ease about PK. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's not going to be playing in this match. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me feel easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it at least should allay your concerns about PK because he just won't be playing. For sure. Uh, and and who's going to play then? That's that's the big question. Right. Well, I mean, if we look at the whole defensive situation, still missing Semedo, Alba, and Longley to injury. PK will be serving a yellow card suspension in this match. So the center back lineup will have to be Umtiti and Todibo. I wouldn't be surprised if Valverde gave Umtiti every day off between now and the match, just to make sure he doesn't injure himself in training. I mean, the good thing is they're French, right? So the community, no, no, but I'm talking about the communication, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it's it's seamless, right? So there's there's not going to be any communication issues. I think that Todibo is going to rise to the challenge. I think he's a little bit more athletic than, than PK now at this age. So I think that maybe it can be a benefit. The other thing that you look at with Todibo is he just doesn't have the experience, and especially in a Champions League match, that is crucial because if we lose or tie, then that brings us to the last next game, which is going to be super crucial in the San Siro. So this game is really important because if we can win the group this night, then that eases everything and we advance and we are top of the table. But Brian, like you said, without PK, you know, again, I don't know how I feel. And again, we've never seen the partnership of Umtiti and Todibo. So, right. <laughs> well, if nothing else, Todibo has been playing so few minutes. I hope that he's been just watching tons and tons of Borussia Dortmund footage. Or playing FIFA, one yeah. or two, right? Yeah, just doing his homework. <laughs> doing his homework, right? Yeah. And like you said, because you know Valverde's not. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like the other thing, too, is our fullback situation. Right. Well, Sergio Roberto will be available at right back, and Junior Firpo will almost certainly be at left back. So there is some, you know, again, would you rather have Wage, Wage or, or Sergio Roberto on right, right back? In this match, I would rather have Sergio Roberto just because he's more experienced. Gotcha. And I would really like to get a win out of this one so that we can just clinch the the group in the Champions yeah. League. And then Wage could play against Inter. That's a good because point. Because even if that's we lose, point. no consequences. That that's a good point. That's a good point. I I'm I'm curious to see how Sergio Roberto handles the speed on that left side and if they're going to focus on him as the weak link of the back line. Because Firpo's not I believe Firpo is faster than Sergio Roberto. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, right. So, again, if you were dissecting that game, you'd be like, okay, we're going to go for that left corner all day. And especially since PK is missing as well, you're going to focus between that area as well. So it'll be interesting how Sergio Roberto handles that situation because he's always going to want to go forward. And in this match, he's going to have to stay back and stay conservative. And one thing that Wage showed, like you said, he's so young, he just doesn't want to make any mistakes. He'd be more likely to just hang back and be defensive if that's what he was asked to do. But he does also have – he is faster than Sergio Roberto also. For sure. So he might be able to deal with the speed better. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like we talked about in the Leganes match with Dembele, if you give some space, you know, maybe Sergio Roberto has to do that so he doesn't get uh, beat on speed. But with Wagner, you have his speed and so you can play tighter and he can just be a better defender one-on-one. But again, that's going to be – it's their front four against our back four. I mean that's right. really where the, the game is going to come. Yeah, and when it comes to tactics and formation, after Leganes, Valverde has at least shown that he's willing to change the formation, which he hadn't been so far this season. Do you think the four-two-three-one project should continue here, or should he return to the default 4-3-3? It's at least the devil you know. 
<laughs> yeah. I want the 4-2-3-1, but only if Griezmann is playing number nine up top. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then you go with the 4-3-3 because we're just more used to it. And that's, that's that, you know, yeah. again, uh, I have no faith in our midfield, you know, like is our tour going to play with Busquets? What's going to happen? We have a lot of, we have question marks every weekend, you know, and we just don't know what we're getting out of each player. The only one players we can rely on are Messi and Ter Stegen. And really. Vidal. <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Vidal. So yeah, we can only depend on two players. We can say they're going to be consistently this, this, and that. You know, the other ones, pff, we don't know. Suarez may score two goals, but maybe walk 10 kilometers. You yeah. know, I'm really nervous about this match, Brian, because we can, we can be really exposed, especially with our patchwork defensive line. Yeah. In this game. Yeah. But we could clinch this group with this win, and then that would make the intermatch a formality. Wouldn't Correct. that be so nice? I, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> I mean, I, this is just, this is just, I can see us, for example, getting a tie and then going to the San Siro and just with all the pressure mounted, just because I just don't have faith that Valverde is going to outcoach the coach of Dortmund. Right. And that's where it really comes down to in these matches in Champions League. Yes, the classic matchup, Valverde v. Favre. Well, once again, we're taking this Friday off as I will be hosting Thanksgiving at my home, but we will be back next Monday to go over the results of that Borussia game and the Atletico match next weekend in La Liga. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Visga Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.